in order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or re a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. It's crazy, man. It is. You know, I can't say one overshadows the other one in terms of who's killing the, the black black men, young black men out here. I know that it's a serious problem both ways. You know, um, that was a vicious joint, though. Like, I mean, I, I thought I thought it was excessive. I thought it was over the top. You know, not necessary even, but there's <clears throat> some people out here saying, man, that you know, if somebody walking at me with any kind of weapon, I'm just going, I'm going to put them down. Like, I'm shooting to kill. Well, I, at least I want to kill that person. And I'm like, yo, he had a knife. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. How much damage could he have really done with a knife to two police officers, two trained individuals, right. trained for that, for that type of situation in particular? You know? And then I heard um, my, my cousin stopped by, big, big schmar stopped by and was explaining to the cast that, you know, actually, man, that's pretty much the training. You know what I mean? That they trained us like within 21 feet. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not accurate with this, but within, you know, 21 feet, if they that close that your life is threatened and you should put the person down. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to, you know, converse with him about it, but I'm definitely gonna get some more intel on that. You know, uh, you know, Shamar do that kind of training, man. You know, so you know, he may even be in the, in, in the atmosphere where he's training. Uh, maybe not law enforcement, but you know, private. What do they call it? Uh, private uh, enforcement. Well, they they definitely acted within their training, and they definitely acted within the law. There's no arguing that. But with that said, let's keep in mind that at one time slavery was legal. So just because yeah. just because it's legal doesn't mean that it makes sense, especially when you look at who's been making the laws then all the way up until now. Right. So along with that, I would add that um I've also seen footage of, you know, non-black Americans just as aggressive with law enforcement mm -hmm. and you know they 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 they're getting arrested they live to tell about it they're getting arrested yeah you know um so that that, that part is a little hard for me to ignore right um again i don't want to go on this whole big campaign to tirade you know what i mean about what obviously has become part of the fabric of america because some people going to care some people ain't that's just, that's just the reality of it, man. You know, I think it's up to us 
to uh, to force justice. You know, I'm not sure how we actually go about doing that, but I know that a whole bunch of opinions are, is not the answer. You know, everybody having their own opinion and their opinion being a correct opinion. You know, I think at some point in time, somebody needs to sit down and we really need to address this within ourselves. And I, I just don't know how that's, how that's going to come to be. Well, one thing I know that we have to be careful of is allowing this situation and situations like this to be treated like isolated incidents. If this was a situ an isolated incident where a black man was killed and this was just it, nobody would be in the streets burning shit up right now. But I think that I think that people in our community are overwhelmed by just seeing people get killed constantly in situations where they don't have to die. They shouldn't have to die. That man's mom, I don't know if you've seen the video, but his mom was out there trying to calm him down. He was obviously having some type of mental health problem or breakdown or issue. You know what I mean? Right. And so my thing is, you know, yeah, he had a knife in his hand, but check this out, man. The point that we're at now is, is understanding that these type situations are not isolated incidents when it comes to us. And I, I do know that much. I do know that we can't afford to treat these like isolated incidents. Whether you're talking about Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old boy that was shot in the playground for having a toy gun, or the man walking out of Walmart uh, with an air rifle, or, or Philando Castile who was reaching for his wallet, or this man who had a knife in his hand. The question is, could they have used non-lethal force? And when I listen to the community and what they're saying, that's what the community's complaining about, is that in a situation like this, it could have been de-escalated. They could have used non-lethal force. You know what I mean? It was obviously a mental health situation, but you know what I mean? The cops felt the need to, to, to kill him. When, if you use common sense, there's other ways that that situation could have possibly uh, ended without him having to lose his life. And like you said, we got enough documented situations where we see white people doing the same, if not worse, but they still live to tell about it. So that's my whole thing. I don't even want to get caught up in debating back and forth about the knife in his hand or the cops and how they could have handled it differently. Because at this point, the situation, it, 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 it has to be handled like a collective situation, not just the isolated situation. And that's, right. that's what Malcolm X was talking about before he died. He was saying that um, we got to stop dealing with this as a domestic issue and start dealing with it as an international issue. Right now, as we speak, people in Nigeria are going through this very same thing we're going through here now, if not worse. And, all, and that's just one place. I'm talking all over the world. Black people have been suffering at the hands of... Um, racist white people all over the world and black people true have also suffered at the hands of black people but in it also in many of those situations you can trace the instigation of those situations you can trace the instigation the instigator back to back to the white race they have they they're always on the scene instigating the problem and then dip out and leave you know the van the peter Toss said the vampire doesn't have to hunt you down to drink your blood no more the vampire, all he got to do now is create a situation where there's blood spill and then come back and clean up the mess from there. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a situation 
Um, when you talk about black on black crime, you know, it's, it's a lot that white people, or I should say the white race has to be held accountable for in terms of instigating much of the black on black crime in our community. And when you're talking about police brutality, you're not just talking about, when you're talking about um, these people killing us, you're not just talking about this isolated incident. You're talking about all the reports of white supremacist groups that have infiltrated law enforcement, that have collectively put together plans and designs to create a situation that works in their favor, which includes them having a license to kill. So there are gonna be variances with every situation. And, and, and sometimes the, the victim may be in the wrong. But when you look at it as a collective situation, it doesn't change the fact that we're being victimized. We're being victimized by white supremacist groups that have infiltrated law enforcement. Um, I, I think you're being far too generous with infiltrated law enforcement. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you I, know, isn't that where the police came from? Boot cops, they used to catch the slaves. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, you know, I think that mindset has always been a part of that particular institution. True. To say the least. True. You know what I mean? I also think that's, you know, uh, pretty much is a far gone conclusion at, at this point. Right. You know what I mean? True. So um, I, I really don't expect anything else from them. You know, um, I expect them to do what they've always done, you know, historically. You know, um, it's just a little more in your face right now via social media and True. things of that nature, you know, platforms of that nature. Um, again, I, I just got to look at it as a we problem. You know, yes, they are performing the pestilence. They're, they're doing that. They're doing that very well. But again, that's what they've always done. True. You know, so I think it's, I don't know, dread, like something has to click within black people to want to stop being abused and victimized, you know? And um, I don't know what that is. I think it's just a, a lack of nationalism, to be honest with you. You know, we, we, we don't have a said dynamic group to belong to, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't begin with slavery and some boat rides. True. You True. know, um, at least as far as that's what, that's, that's what I see, that's what I've seen in my 51 years being pushed by America. True. You know, um, we've been stripped of identity. So we saw right. identity crisis. Exactly. It was a big identity crisis, man. And it's not going to, you know, um, and I, I don't, and I don't mean everybody has to say, oh, I'm, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? I don't want to, you know, start naming different, different, uh, groups, but we don't all have to subscribe to that one same group. Subscribe, I'm sorry, to that one same group. You know, we just have to subscribe to that notion that we came from one dynamic group. So that makes us all one people. The cultural stuff, the traditional stuff, you know, that, that can fall by the wayside, you know, in order to be collective. But I think sometimes, you know, some of us, we can't divorce ourselves from what we've been uh, indoctrinated with. We, we can't divorce ourselves from, you know, what our traditions are, have been for, for, for generations. And we don't see the need for it to get better or need to get better. So we become complacent that our traditions, you know, which is going to segue heavily into hope and faith, is all we need to change 
what's physically happening to us. And I, I just don't see it that way. I, I see, you know, it has to be a physical, uh, a, a physical component, a huge physical component in order to correct it. You know what I mean? And you already know how I feel, man. Like, I think we're going to miss a huge opportunity, man. I'm, I'm beating it like an old drum, man. I think collectively, man, black people should really just boycott the presidential election and the show of solidarity to demand that we at least get treated justly by law enforcement. Then we can begin to worry about the treatment of ourselves within our own within our own uh, group, you know. So, like, uh, I don't know, man. I gotta take this real quick. Give me one sec. We're gonna do a commercial. It's my man. Not for a charcoal grill. No charcoal grills are allowed. You're scared. Please leave me alone. You're white. African-American. Um, illegally selling water without a permit. But with cell phone cameras and social media, calling 911 on your black or brown neighbors just isn't what it used to be. Hi, I'm Nisi Nash, actress, inventor, and advocate for not calling 911 on black people for no goddamn reason. I'd like to introduce you to a radical new product that will save you all the headaches of being filmed and outed as a racist douche. It's called 1-844-WHITE-FEAR and it's revolutionizing the way racist white people cope with black people living life near them. 1-844-WHITE-FEAR, there's a black guy outside my neighbor's house and he's walking around. Our experienced staff have been living while black in America their entire lives. Darren here is a former Obama aide who had the cops called on him for moving into his new apartment. Uh, yes, that is actually your neighbor, Michael. Yeah, no problem. Our records are actually showing that's actually his boat. Yeah, I know, black people have boats too now. Studies show that people of color are more likely to be arrested, convicted, and serve longer sentences than white people for similar crimes. So calling 911 for non-emergency situations is really just a d move. I got so scared when I saw a black guy walking around outside, and so I called 1-844-WHITE-FEAR, and it turns out we're neighbors, and I'm a racist. Now black people have been helping white people be better since always. So she's looking around and standing there? A regular Frisbee or ultimate Frisbee? Call it when black people are having a barbecue, taking a nap in a rec room, mowing the lawn, waiting for a friend at a coffee shop, golfing, shopping, enjoying a vacation at their Airbnb, going to work, coming home from work, working while at work, campaigning for office, swimming with socks on, delivering newspapers, buying a house, selling water, parking their car, using a coupon, and so much more. 1-844-WHITE-FEET. It's a real number for real white people who should mind their own damn business. Right, what's going on here? If you've been a victim of 911 harassment, please email us at 844-WYTFEAR at nytimes.com.